Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs> Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. Hey everyone, this is Ella from Southern Cali. You are listening to Packers Without Borders with Bruce and Matt. Enjoy and go Pack Go! Welcome to Packers Without Borders. I am your co-host up here in Oak Bank, Manitoba, Canada, Matt Larson. I am joined as always by my good buddy down in El Paso, Texas, Bruce Edmonds. How you doing, Bruce? We're surrounded by all-stars. Get your game on. Let's go. Oh, we're singing already. This is down. It's all downhill from here. We, of course, are joined by a handful of Twitter all-stars, Packer fan extraordinaire. Let's start with uh, Carla D. How you doing, Carla? I'm doing good. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Of course, we have Mick in Granger, Indiana. How you doing, Mick? Doing great, Matt. Excellent. Andy in the UK. How you doing in Sheffield? I am doing fantastic. It's great to be on again. Perfect. And Neil in Chicago, first time on the show. How you doing, Neil? What's happening, Matt? Thanks for having me. Packers without borders, Absolutely. virgin. Packers without borders, virgin. Yes, well, Car- Carla is too. Oh, yeah, Carla you too. I'm a virgin too, yes. They can, they, can st- <laughs> they can start a support group. So... <laughs> Let's start, of course, uh, uh, if everybody has uh, listened to our last podcast, uh, Bruce and I went off a little bit about what we thought about uh, Rodgers. Maybe we went a little too far. Maybe it was a little too close to the bone. You know what? I stand by what I say and I stand by what I publish. And if you don't like it, I mean, there's that mute and there's that block button. I use them frequently. Do not be afraid. Okay, let's start. Who wants to start with? That playoff game. Mick! <laughs> Boy, those first drive and a half was fantastic, man. I was <laughs> I was out of my seat walking around with a beer in hand, and I'm already thinking, what's the weather forecast going to be next week in Green Bay? And um, it really stunk that it was Big Dog that had the fumble, but it was almost like after that fumble happened, something, whether it was – And then quickly afterward, Dylan gets hurt. And after that, it was almost as if the entire game plan changed. And I kept thinking, does LaFleur not have a plan B without Dylan? Is is Rodgers audibling too much? Is he changing plays in the huddle? It it was almost like suddenly San Fran knew every single thing we were doing. And as the game progressed, I kept waiting for some throws to Lazard, some throws to Cobb. A little more. I know DeGuara dropped one and it's tough when you're a kid like him, but he was getting open a lot. And I thought, all right, Aaron, you're just, you'll go back to him. And throughout the second half, I mean, it was a tunnel visioned offense. The Niners said, okay, we're going to stack Jones and we're going to stack Devante. 
and make you beat us without them. And we had no answer for that. And uh, you know that sick feeling. All of us on this show know that sick playoff feeling. By midway quarter, even though I was in my living room at 70 degrees, I felt about three degrees below zero when Robbie Gould lined up for that kick. And, um, you know, Rodgers, Lafleur, special teams, that was the worst special teams performance I've ever seen in my entire life in the NFL. How that can happen in a playoff game like this, it's like I replied earlier, all we have right now are guesses and opinions because no one really knows what was discussed with Rodgers and Lafleur, and um, this was probably the most disappointing of all the playoff losses. So that was kind of my take. Neil, what do you think out there in Chicagoland? Well, I'm usually a pretty nervous, anxious guy before these games. But for whatever reason, this week or the week before, I was I was calm, cool, and collect. I'm like, there's no way that this team is going to go in there, Lambeau Field, cold weather against San Francisco, and and blow it. And I, I think I started to wane on that um, right before the game when they announced the uh, the starting offensive line. That one, you know, the whole throwing Turner in there at left tackle, um, Kelly at uh, right tackle versus Yoshin Turner. For some reason, I'm like why are you getting cute with the offensive line? And, and to me, that was kind of like the first domino to fall in the, in the whole process. Uh, I still had confidence, obviously, but just that just kind of stood out to me as like, you're, you're getting cute. I don't know. I had a kind of weird feeling. The nerves kind of started creeping in at that point. Uh, obviously, those were calmed after that first drive. I mean, we couldn't ask for anything better. I'm like, all right, maybe this will be a blowout. But then like you, you said, Mick, that fumble, that fumble was the, the next domino. And that kind of is what, it's like they were playing scared after that. It's like uh, Rogers lost confidence. He's like, you know, big dog is my guy. He's a rock. He hasn't fumbled in however many touches. And then he fumbled and kind of just everything went, went to chaos after that. Uh, like you mentioned, special teams was pretty much atrocious the whole time. Um, I will say, and you've probably seen on Twitter, uh, you know, I, I, while I do put a, a lot of the blame on special teams, uh, in the situation where it was the blocked punt for the, the touchdown, you know, if Rodgers gets a first down versus losing 11 yards, there are no position for that to happen. Thank so you. That, that's my that's my big gripe is blame it on special teams all you want, but the offense didn't do anything to kind of give them any help, if you will. So, but uh, normally I'm pretty doom and gloom after these kind of games, and I think I was just over it, over it almost immediately. It was just kind of, I don't know if if it was something that I expected because you never want to expect a loss like this, but it wasn't it wasn't a big shock to me, and it's just kind of like, well, you know, that's that. If that was the last dance, that's you know, that's that. Let's reload and see what happens. Andy, I think I did. I was concerned before the game started that we might start getting cute, as you say, and swapping people around and bringing these people back. Probably too much change too quickly. And people said, oh, no, they'll only bring him back a little bit. They'll only play a few snaps and it'll be okay. And obviously it wasn't. Um, I agree, really. The special teams problems were terrible, but the way we played kind of led into that, really. Mm-hmm. I was there watching Rogers screaming at the TV to throw the ball to somebody else. And I could just see him waiting and hanging on. And I thought, this is back to was it 2018 when we were doing this, where we were looking for the long pass every single time instead of just the simple ball, just look at what's out there. What can you do? Go for it. And then obviously at the end, there's Lazard with his arms up, screaming, give me the ball, give me the ball, and nothing happens. Um, it was just a slow motion car crash, really. And the more the game went on and you can see 
the uh, 49ers throwing the ball to each other and not being able to hold on to it and dropping it and making mistake after mistake. But yet we managed to make bigger mistakes than they did. So I think by the end of the game, I was kind of numb to it. But right until the end, you still thought, we're so in this game, we just need one thing to go for us, just one, one simple thing to build on. But it was just as though, as I say, when um, that ball was dropped, it did all go to pieces. And then obviously it was the game for Dylan and Dylan wasn't there. And what do we do now? So I, I kind I, I didn't expect it. I thought we'd get it home. But as the more the game went on, I thought this is the way it's heading. And it was just desperately, desperately sad. And if that's the end of Rogers on that performance, it's such a shame. Such a shame. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Carla? Well, I was pretty excited when the when the game started. I mean, we came out and it was like, wow, one touchdown, first drive. I was so excited. And then our defense was super good. So I was like, okay, we got this. And then for some reason, I kind of felt like we were – watching Rogers from previous years, right? Where he kind of starts just throwing to Davante all the freaking time. And I was screaming at the TV, like, what the hell? Like, they're open. Like, don't you see it? But I don't know. I, I mean, I've been watching some of the interviews where I think I saw coach said that Turner didn't practice for left tackle because they were so sure Bakhtiari was going to play but then we had him play instead of Josh, which was doing really great the previous games, right? So I don't know. I was really upset at Rogers when the game ended. I mean, I was so disappointed. I could not believe that that was the game that we had just watched. If it was his last game, um, I felt like he didn't do enough. I think regardless of what happened, he could have made it happen. So I do blame it on him more than I blame special teams. I know a lot of people got mad at me on Saturday because I tweeted something and people started coming after me like, how dare you blame Rodgers? And I'm a huge fan of his, but yeah. I'm not making any more excuses for him. Like this one was on him. He could have made it happen. You know, and that's so. that, that's so true, right? I mean, when we think back, uh, you know, to his, I mean, now he has 10 players losses okay yeah. and when you go back to the first one they go well the defense okay yeah all right the defense mm. and then you go oh well this one oh well if we had a running game oh and if we had this and if i had that and if i we well, had everything you had everything this time oh well special teams come on now if we get special teams fixed is what's going to happen next year you're going to go listen the popcorn guy in the third session there over there in that corner there he's the whole reason i didn't throw a touchdown in a playoff game Yep. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. and isn't it a little ironic that Favre's last play is an interception, which haunted us for years. Right. Yep. And then the other side of it is the other side of it. Rogers is trying the hero ball to a double covered Devante, which has haunted us for years. This is how they're going to go out. Like I don't, wasn't much of a last dance. Wasn't much of a last dance, you know? So Carla, you made a point in just kind of tying everything that everybody said together and tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. I think the biggest frustration with this game for me, other than the loss, and look, again, I've kind of come to grips with the loss because only one team wins the Super Bowl. You know, and yep. I started 
researching this. Look, we've been around for 102 years. We've won 13 titles, right? So almost 90% of the time we've been disappointed. But what's been difficult for me to deal with is we constantly have to serve as apologists for Rogers on the field, yeah. off of the field, because we're Packer fans. He's a Packer. We're going to come to his aid, right? We're going to protect him. We're going to defend him as much as we disagree with whatever it is. And after the off season that he put us through, which is similar to what Favre did with his retire, unretire bullshit to where we got to the point where like, we're done. I think we're still teetering on that. We're still not there where we want him gone, but we're also at the point where, dude, you gave every hater and every single person, the Collins cowherds, the fucking Skip Baylesses, the all these morons, a platform to go in and criticize you because now we don't have the firepower to defend you. That was what's hardest for me with this loss because you can dive into numbers and you can look to see what's real, what's not real, what's the reality of how he performs in the playoffs versus the regular season. And quite honestly, he's not been bad. He's had two bad games, 2009 in this year. All the other games, he played perfectly fine. And comparing that... Well, 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 let's look at those Seattle losses where he only put up like 10 points. I mean, this is supposed to be a league MVP, he puts up 10 points. But and, and last year against the Bucks in the fourth quarter, the three and outs when we really, he had a great three quarters. Well, yeah. and look, I'm not, here's, here's where I'm going to try to defend him in this sense. You have to put it in perspective in the sense of he's never had a defense up until this year. The defense performed. Right. And ultimately, the offense did outscore the, the, the San Francisco offense. And that's where the special teams kicks in. But again, the point I'm trying to make is I think what's difficult for us as Packer fans in coping with this, it's not the loss itself because we were kind of expecting it, but not really. Right. Like there, it was in the realm of possibilities that we could lose a game. But it's the fact that after everything you put us through. How the yeah. fuck can you walk away or leave the season this way? That's what's difficult. for Yeah, me. I agree. I'm. Um, I'm exactly, I feel the same way. Like, that's what I'm more upset about. I just can't believe that. Like, he proved everyone right. Like, everybody always talks shit about how he chokes, about how he can win playoffs. And it's always like, we always try to, like, make excuses for him, right? Like, well, our defense sucks. Oh, well, coaching or whatever. And this game was like, I had enough. Like, if he decides to retire, I'm fine with it. I mean, I hope he doesn't. But at the same time, I don't want him to come back and do exactly the same thing. Like, I need him to have a different mentality. Like, I don't want to have the MVP. I don't want the first seat. I don't want to be the number one team. Like, I'm done with that. Like, I just want him to come back and win that fucking Super Bowl because he owes us that much. Well, and that, that was kind of his key, right? To remember, he said, you know, gosh, it'd be great to have a playoff game in Lambeau once in a while. Okay, well, we got those. Oh, it'd be great to get the uh, bye week so that we could do the NFC Championship game in Lambeau. Well, we got that too. Oh, it'd be great if I had a run game. Well, now you've got probably the best running tandem in the league. Oh, if I only had a defense, you've got a top five defense, a defense that gave you six straight three and outs against San Francisco had negative 26 yards at one point was there. And it was like late in the second quarter for Christ's sakes, all you had to do was connect one or two first downs and Crosby's out there attempting field goals. Like there's so much left on the table. Now getting on to what's next 
for Green Bay. And you know what, uh, Carla, you're up first here. If you, and this is the same question for all of you guys, okay? If you were the GM of the Packers, what would you do next? Who comes back? Who doesn't? How does this work? Carla? Um, well, obviously, I would want to somehow make a deal with Rodgers where he takes a pay cut, right? Take the minimum and try to keep as many guys as we can. You know, obviously, Campbell, I would keep both of the Smiths. I mean, I think they did great. I mean, obviously, we didn't have Sedarius, but, I mean, he came back, and, man, he came out freaking kicking ass. So, I would keep him, too. Um, obviously, Douglas, um, who else is up for contract? Um, is less hard, too? No, yep. Jair. Amos. Yeah, every wide receiver is basically yeah. gone if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah. So I would try to keep as many as we can and just make another run for it, I guess. Mick, what do you think? You're you're goot. You're sitting around in that office. You're smoking a big cigar. You got a big plate of M&Ms. He's a complicated <laughs> fellow, man. Well, I mean, the, the thing that I keep trying to go through in my head is with our salary cap situation, if Rodgers came back, if Devontae came back, is it even possible to have a team as good as what we just saw lose and score 10 points? And, you know, I look at all the different cap guys. I look at Ken Ingles, Dave Steers, Pro, you know, Spotrack and all of those. And you know, it makes me realize that I'm glad I'm not an accountant because I probably wouldn't be a very good one when I put this stuff through. But all I'm saying is if we're going to go with the kid, we have an opportunity right now by trading Rodgers, if possible, tag and trade Devontae to get a little more draft capital to say, OK, between Jair and Stokes and Douglas, and if we re-sign Devondre Campbell, Kenny Clark possibly make some adjustments on his contract with all that draft capital coming in, take some stud defensive linemen. We have two great running backs. We are very deep on the offensive line. If we can get away from the legend of Rogers and for a minute, think, all right, young quarterback, very untested controversial. We have a great set of characters around him. This, we could not have a better team for Jordan Love to come in and play. And a lot of the Rodgers apologists will never admit this because he sucks, he's terrible. They see something, obviously, that we don't. They must be comparing him to an MVP level in his second year. Um, my thought would be this is the time. We went all in to the point where we maxed out our credit cards, put in all our chips, and we didn't even make it to the NFC Championship game. It's time to pull off the Band-Aid. We know Denver, maybe Carolina, maybe Indy Colts would have an interest in Rodgers. We can get some great draft capital, correct the salary cap. And let's face it, we've got the Lions, Bears, and Vikings to deal with. It's not like we're in a tough division. So I say trade him, get everything we can, make darn sure we get Douglas and, and Campbell re-signed. And it's a new era and it's a new day. And when you're as old as I am, it's like the fifth new era of my life. So I'm ready for it. <laughs> Neil, 
What do you think? You're sitting around, you're Gooten, you're Goot, you're Lafleur. Who are you keeping? Who's staying? Who's going? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm not sitting around with a cigar. I got a bottle of booze in one hand and a bottle of Pepto in another because, man, this I, I hate to be in any of their positions right now. Um, I, I think priority, as you guys mentioned, if we're talking about signing guys, my priority is uh, is signing Dre, signing uh, Douglas, uh, you know, Razul again, because um, just the impact they made on on the defense. It was night and day. Even when, uh, when um, Dre was out against the Lions, you could tell they are missing that guy in, in the middle. As far as Rodgers and Adams goes, again, I really do not envy the position that Brian is in. That's he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Because on one hand, you know you got the 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 ba- essentially back to back MVP. You know your team has gone thirteen and three the last couple of years, NFC championships. Obviously, this this year was a failure, but you have to. It's got to be stuck in your mind that okay, if I can, you know, extend that credit card one more year, give it one more shot we could possibly get over the hump. But at the same time, it's like, all right, well, this is now the third year of doing this. Do I really want to have to go and, and make all these moves, lose these guys, you know, push that credit card bill out another year just for it to happen all over again? I mean, it's it's a real tough spot. I guess if it was me making the decision, I would say time to move on from Rodgers. You know, let see what you got in love. If you don't have anything in love, I'd rather figure it out now than a couple years down the road. You know, get some draft capital for him. If you have to walk away from Adams, that sucks. You know, it is, but it is what it is. It happens. It's not every day that, you know, all teams should be able to, you know, pay a $30 million a year receiver, especially in the situation where we are. Um, if you can sign and, you know, tag and trade them, again, more draft capital, the better. So, like I said, I, what concerns me, and I don't know if we'll, we'll talk about this later, what kind of concerns me about, uh, about Rodgers going forward is, I am a, a, a stark believer that he's in there changing plays in the huddle. You had Mercedes Lewis come out when, uh, when those last years with McCarthy and say he's ignoring McCarthy. He's calling his own plays in the huddle. And I think he got so used to doing that and he got so little pushback. LaFleur came in. He's not going to push back. He's going to let him get away with it. You know, there's no one there to kind of say, hey, Rogers, knock it off, play within the offense. Do what we're calling, because again, two, you know, four-time MVP. I think that's kind of part of the problem with uh, with the offense. We, you know, we mentioned Hero Ball. I think he's in there, kind of changing what he wants, doing what he wants, and Lafleur is not doesn't have the balls to say, "Hey, knock it off." Well, I, and you know, I, I I completely agree with you with as, that aspect. I think last season he played within the offense, and he mm-hmm. did what he was supposed to do, and he gave what the offense, uh, the defense gave him. If you look at our first drive against San Francisco, none of that was pretty. Chink, 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 all the way down the field, seven, eight plays. I mean, we had the ball five and a half minutes, right. pounded it down the throat, right? Andy, there you are, sitting at Lambeau Field, big leather chair, foot, feet in a small hot tub of water, <laughs> and you're thinking to yourself, who stays, who goes? I think, <clears throat> I think we've got to go with the whole team. I think we're going to lose too many pieces if we keep Rodgers and Adams we're going to struggle anyway. And then the, the attitude of Rogers is the thing that worries me still. If the team then lets him down because he's not got enough pieces around him, how's that going to play out? And I do think there's something to be said for the fact that our coach has probably never been able to coach properly because he probably works on so many different plans and schemes and everything else. And then they're just torn up at, uh, on the pitch. So, I think I'm ready to move on and listening to the interview after the game and then 
Um, obviously, last night, I, I, I don't see how Rogers comes back again after last year and the, all the the drama that went on and then coming back and said, right, I'm with the team now, to then go to this, then come back again and say, right, this is the last dance again. I, I, I think really we do. And it, I mean, you look at the Patriots since Brady's gone, you look at the Broncos since uh, Manning went and they've done nothing. And obviously um, massive problems down um in New Orleans, but again, it's the same thing. You've lost that massive quarterback, and then who comes into the shoes? So there is a, a real concern how we go on with Love, whether we can get another journeyman to help him. I think possibly perhaps look at that, and I do think really we do need to move on. Sad to say, but that's what I think. Best for the team. And I think we all agree with that kind of sentiment, right, where we're at the verge of – the, the love hate needs to stop. We don't know anything about him. There's nothing you can give the guy a shot. Now, in terms of, you know, I think bigger than the, than the Rogers contract is the Devonte Adams contract for me, because Rogers can restructure. We can stretch it out. We can do that. We can save $20 million on the cap, right? Whatever it is that we need to do to make that work, to figure out how to sign these other guys. But we know that Adams to a certain extent is joined at the hip with Rogers. Right. But when you look at this free agent class that we've got coming up this year, besides Devonte Adams, I was looking at this because I, I was kind of curious. All right. If we have to move on from Adams. Right. Let's say we do decide to keep Rogers and they keep him happy and Adams isn't going to get his money. But you've got Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Will Fuller, Crowder, Juju, Sanders, Green, Keenan Cole, Sammy Watkins, but Mike Williams, um, you know, Rashad Higgins, Zay Jones. The list goes on and on. DJ Chark, all of these middle tier kind of wide receivers to upper echelon wide receivers that aren't Adams, they can probably fill a really good void where we have two really solid wide receivers as opposed to that number one wide receiver. And then who else, right? If you force the guy to throw to different players and play within the scheme, I think it's very successful. I just don't think it's going to happen because Rodgers and Adams are, are, are tied at the hip. He's said as much. He's going to make a decision to not put Adams in a pinch with his decisions in terms of what he's going to do. And you know, Adams is going to base his decision, not solely on what Rogers decides because he wants to get paid. Like he's yeah. not going to take less than $27 million a yeah. year over four years. He's going to be close yeah. to a hundred million and we can't do that and keep everybody else. It's not, we can keep Rogers and everybody else and probably lose Adams. We can't keep both Adams and Rogers. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Packers without borders with Bruce and Matt. And if you have not got your head out of your collective ass already, now is the time. Get some. If you like the things that myself and Bruce do on Packers Without Borders, the jokes, the sports, the hilarity, give us a like, give us a subscribe, hit that like, hit that subscribe button. You could you could even sponsor the show. Just go to iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, any of those platforms where you listen to us and leave a review for us. We love hearing from you guys that way. Appreciate a lot of the reviews and what you've done, but it's going to help us out a lot if you go out there and, and you click like and subscribe on any platform that you listen to. It really appreciate the support, guys. Peace. Go Pack Go.
I'm JJ Leahy, and you're listening to the best of the best. It's Packers Without Borders. Well, and we we also have to remember, too, right? Remember, uh, Brett Favre left the team. The team was in the NFC Championship game. And then Aaron Rodgers steps into a team that is prime, primed and ready to go. We grabbed a couple of players in the following draft uh, with Matthews and B.J. Raj, and suddenly it was Super Bowl time, right? I think we are just on that verge again. Now, do we keep Rodgers? You know what? If he can stay and do something team-friendly and keep us going, 100%. But from what I see some from some of the uh, numbers that are being projected, even if he takes league the vet minimum, which is $1.14 million for the season, he's still going to count for $21 million of cap space this year because of the previous deals. So that's a huge chunk. You know, and I've been a huge criticizer of Rodgers for this for years because he constantly says, I need another weapon, I need another weapon. And I sit there going, you know, if you took $15 million less a year, we could get you two or three weapons, four or five weapons. We could turn this team around. You know, they they they, they talk, well, Brady went to a team that was ready to go. Uh, the Bucks weren't going to the playoffs, okay? The Saints own that division and then Carolina owned that division and then the Saints own that division. And then the Bucks grabbed Brady, Gronk, Brown, they, you know, uh, Sue, uh, 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 J, J, uh, J, Jason Pierre-Paul. They grabbed a whole bunch of guys because Brady was like, listen, I'll take $10 million, put it all in a signing bonus, put it all in four years. I'll take way less money. If you look at Favre's final years with Green Bay, he constantly took less money and he con- it, Randy Moss, he was like, take it out of my pay. I want Randy Moss so bad, take it out of my pay. And it was almost a done deal, but Ted Thompson and those guys wouldn't do it. And here we've got Rodgers going, it's not about the money. Well, then resign, man. Resign. If it's not about the money and it's about the people, then resign your deal and we can keep everyone. Literally everyone. Now, I think Zadarius Smith, that was his last, that, that's it. I think that's his last hurrah. And you know what? With the emergence of Gary, about time that, I mean, we're, we can't keep everyone, right? We can't keep the number one paid left tackle, number one paid defensive tackle, number one paid wide receiver, number one paid running back, number one paid, you know, quarterback. We can't keep paying the number one guys with a salary cap, right? And to my stat that I keep rubbing in everyone's faces, 88% of the time, the league MVP does not win the Super Bowl. Look at the league MVPs. They're all out in the, in the in the bloody divisional round here. There's no league MVPs going to the Super Bowl right now. You do not need the league MVP to win the Super Bowl. Want to know how I know this? Eli Manning won two of them. Let's move on, <laughs> right? I, it's cold hard facts. You think about how the Baltimore Ravens won their Super Bowls, right? Defense run the ball. As much as these experts will tell you the NFL has changed, you have to play defense and be able to run the ball. And you, you yourself, you can win a Super Bowl too. And our team could play defense and run the ball, but our quarterback refused to do it. But the 49ers managed to beat us in the cold. And what did they do? What did they do? I don't think they threw the ball for the entire third quarter. I don't think they threw the ball once in the entire third quarter, did they? Just terrible. And and our defense, our defense, man, I don't think I've seen a defense in Green Bay like that since like Reggie White. Such a dominating defense where you were just like, it's going to be a three and out. It'll be a three and out, right? For years as Packer fans, we would sit there and watch the defense and just boom. Yeah. Right? Like, oh no, they got one play. That's it. Yeah. We're done. 
and then it would be chunk, 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 touchdown. You're like, crap, okay. And this year it was three and out, three and out, three and out. Like it, oh, ridiculous. We've got the playoffs. We're moving into the playoffs. We're done speculating, procrastinating, terminating, and slandering the Packers here. You know, it's the team that we all love. And I think it, it hurts us a little bit more as Packer fans because we see the potential, right? It's just like with your children and you see the potential with your children, you know that they can do this. This is something that they can do and they just don't do it. And you think to yourself, why aren't you as committed as I am? Probably because I'm a mental case. Let's start with the playoffs. So we've got Bengals and Kansas City. Anybody else pick the Bengals to go this far? Not this kid, not this kid. No, just, uh, just Carla and Bruce, eh? Bengals since 1988 was the last time that they won a playoff game. Incredible, right? And if Joe Burrow had an offensive line, he'd be undefeated, right? Everybody's just nodding their heads. This is the time, you know, it's a podcast, guys. I don't know if you... Okay. <laughs> one thing that is tough for me is that of the four teams left, we beat three of them and the only yeah. one Jordan Love took right to the very end of the game. So that makes it even more difficult. And people say, oh, the regular season games don't matter. Well, of course they matter. Now teams have gotten better. I mean, obviously at this point in time, I would love for the Bengals to come right through and win it. If for no other reason to shut up the fans of the other three, that would be my host. <laughs> Wouldn't have to listen to them. And to be quite honest, if a Bengal fan gives me shit, I will bend down and say, God bless you, brother. You guys waited long enough. You yeah. deserve it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I can't root. And part of me is like all the years we beat up on Stafford. Maybe, you know, it's finally his time. But the Penguins are the only team I have any affection for. Yes. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, we previewed the game against the Rams, didn't we? And we were quite concerned about the Rams. And then... Well, with the Rams, we just beat them easily. So I don't fear them in the playoffs particularly. I think you've got to go with the Bengals with your heart, haven't you? To, to go through what the fans have gone through and stay with the team and see the emergence of him and Chase this year, amazing. So, yeah, you've got to go with them with your heart. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I mean, I'm, I'm tired of the Chiefs just like everybody else probably is. Uh, 49ers, I don't want to see them with you know win it because just fuck them. And yeah. uh, as far as the Rams are concerned, I, the Rams kind of irritate me because they kind of put this super team together, and I just I wanted to see them fall on you know fall flat on their face just for that fact alone. So I'm definitely rooting for the Bengals from here on out. Isn't it interesting that the Bucks and the Rams put together a super team? And one of them took off at halftime. I thought, holy crap, this is ridiculous. And then it had to come down to the end because neither team wanted to win it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was a beautiful oh. ending, wasn't it? A beautiful ending to that game. So I, I think, are we all picking the Bengals for this one? We're all hoping for the Bengals here. It's Carla's pick. It's Carla's pick? Yeah. I'm going for the Bengals. All right. I mean, I was actually cheering for the Bills. I mean, I think they were the team that have actually come yeah. out and really, really want to win at all. And it yeah. sucks. They had to go to overtime, but I am. That's a perfect segment, Carla. That's a perfect segment, Carla, because that's exactly what I wanted to ask you guys was these overtime rules. I mean, 
how do we fix this? How do we change this? How do we make it look fair? You know, Josh Allen said it best at the end of the game. He said, if we won that contest, we'd be the team celebrating. A coin flip. Yep. Here's, 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 here's my take on this. And, and I did tweet this out and got some pretty good responses to this, but my opinion is you can't completely revamp the playoffs because you know, it's just not going to happen. But a realistic change that I think that you can do is you treat overtime just like any other change of possession. However, it ended in terms of, let's say the other team kicked a field goal to win it. And of course somebody comes in and says, well, what if they kicked it and they're tied for eight minutes? It's whoever possessed the ball at the end kicks off just like you would, right? You lose possession and you kick off to the other team. So you start off the offensive, the, the overtime with the team who possessed the ball last kicking off to the team that did not have the ball before. That's the first thing I think would kind of help where you're not putting it to a 50, 50 chance. No, you had your shot. You either tied or you didn't win the game. So now you kick off to the other team and they have a chance. Now you can't get to the point where you want to extend and play full 10 minutes or 15 minutes because then player safety starts coming into play and they're not going to want these guys playing for an extra full 10 minutes. So the touchdown versus field goal stuff, I get it, but you've got to get the other team the ball first before just a coin flip to give the ball right back to the guys who just had momentum and scored again. No, give it back to the other guys. It forced the other guys to come in and try to tie that game or take it into overtime. So my opinion is just taking last possession kicks off to the, to the previous team. And then you start just with the regular uh, OT rules. That's, that's my proposal. Thoughts. This is podcast I see, gold right here. <laughs> yeah, I see merit in that. I, the only difference that I would say that I like, I agree, Bruce, we can't do it like college because I've sat through those seven overtime games, realized I've drank 27 beers and looked at the clock and it was a quarter to four in the morning. I, I wouldn't have been able to do that on Saturday night as much as I would have tried. And in line with the safety comments too. What I believe is that each team should get a possession. If it's still tied at the end of that possession, then it goes to sudden death. That's simple. And at that point, a field goal, a safety, whatever, is the end. That way, more than likely, it's not going to go the full 10 minutes, but each team gets a shot, but then it's not going to go on and on and on. So my two cents. Yeah, I agree with that one. I think that would be the best. Yeah, I mean, because in our, in our reality, if you really think about it, I mean, the Bills did give Mahomes 13 seconds. <laughs> they did. Great point. <laughs> I mean, if you really, if you're really being honest, I mean, the defense allowed that field goal. So I think I agree with that. Both teams should get the ball and get a shot at winning. I kind of like how my uh, my son's peewee league does it. Um, they give uh, it, it's first and goal from the ten. You get a shot. You know if you score or not, the next team gets the ball first and ten. You know first and goal from the ten. Boom. So more often times than not, someone stops the other team. But that's always a fun little fun little thing they do. I love it when those those little guys go into overtime like that. <laughs>
You know, the, the NHL has completely different views, of course, on their overtime when they get into the playoffs, right? Uh, they drop the puck at center ice. So it's, uh, here we go. We're going to play a 20-minute period. We'll keep playing 20-minute periods until somebody scores. I, myself, have stayed up until 3, 4 in the morning, occasionally watching usually the Islanders and Washington battle it out 3-3, hitting posts. It is the most dramatic stuff you'll ever see. Now, of course, in the NFL, you can't do something where you drop the ball from the middle of the field and they just scramble on it. And that's who gets it first. But how about this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, originally, Bruce was going to have a dick measuring contest, but the NFL said, we can't do that. So. (laughs) Penis, vagina, penis, vagina. (laughs) No, that's staying in there. That's gold. What I'm talking about is, what if we did this? What if we lined up their kicker and our kicker on the 50-yard line? And if they both make it, if they both make it, you don't need the offensive line or anything else. Just put it up on a tee. If they both make a 50-yarder, then they both try from 55. First team that makes it and the other one doesn't make it gets the ball. I've got, like, fruit flies in my house. There we go. 58 below zero and you got flies? I'm telling you. He hasn't showered in four days. It's been four days. The water's frozen. The water's frozen. It's heating up on the. That's ridiculous. No, you know, I, I, I've got uh, plant. I'm, a, I'm kind of an avid plant guy, right? I own a landscaping business, and I brought the plants in from outside, and I can't get rid of the goddamn little fly gnat things. And I've got the strips, and I've tried the soap in the water. None of that works. Okay. KCD, KCD. <laughs> he lives in the Amityville Horror House. I'm telling, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. It's it's just every now and then, I guess when the weather changes, all of a sudden, you know, we get like a new crop. And so, I don't know, my wife says I have to take out all the soil out of the pot and I've got to straight it down and then I got to put new, I, I but it's minus 40. Where the hell am I going to get soil? It's, <laughs> I don't know if you can see, there's four feet of snow out there. There's no soil. There's ice. Uh, you know, shaky. I, I, I think you're talking about one of your different kind of plants there for a minute. So my mind kind of. Oh no no no! That's 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 this guy right here. <laughs> <laughs> that's that guy. It's completely <laughs> legal up here in Canada, right? So what it's are your com- plans for the weekend, guys? In terms of watching the football, I. I I have never been more disinterested in the playoffs than I have this year. And I'm going to watch it just because it's football and I love football, but I genuinely, I think I'm going to go play golf and I'm going to do other shit. And if the game is on, I'm going to watch it, but I am genuinely not. But are you guys, how, how do you got, how are you guys feeling about the playoffs and wanting to watch or not watch the playoffs this weekend and going on into the Super Bowl without the Packers there? Uh, I could, I'm not going to sit down and just, dedicate an afternoon to watching it i mean i'll put it on have it on the background maybe have some people over hang out just you know have a kind of background noise and i'm certainly not really interested in sitting down and and uh and watching i'll watch the Bengals game because they're really pretty much the only ones i care to yeah. see right now everybody else yeah. no thank you it's just yeah it's just fuel for being irritated to me right i have a i have a buddy of mine uh his name's clint i know he listens so right now he's gonna be oh yeah i'm on the show but I've known this guy since like 1990. Okay. That dates me a little bit. And in 1990, he got a tattoo and it's a tiger. It's a Bengal tiger running like a cartoon tiger running with a football, right? Because he's a big Bengals fan and he was the Boomer Esiason fan, right? And the icky shuffle and all of that. And every year, I mean, my hat's off to him. 
because I know what it was like through the eighties <laughs> for the Packers, but he, he has been a Bengals fan every day of the year, thick and thin. They go two and two and 14, they go seven and eight, whatever. It doesn't matter. He's a Bengals fan this year. I mean, it, it, it was nice that uh, before it was before the Packard game and we were calling and FaceTiming back and forth and you're screaming for, yes, yes, you're going to do it. You guys are killing them. And then it came down the last second. He was like, this is what the Bengals always do. Oh my God. Right. And then uh, uh, he was congratulating. I was congratulating him at the end of the game and he goes, okay, so I'll talk to you after the game here. He goes, what do you think? You're going to be up by about 15 or 20. Wouldn't it be great if the Bengals and the Packers win uh, and they go right to the Super Bowl? that would be bragging rights for life. And then he didn't call me for two days after the game. And he just sent me this little text. And the text was, you okay, bro? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> right. But yes, it is. I, I, I agree with Neil. I, I'm going to watch the Bengals game. I'm going to be excited about the Bengals game. I think that the Bengals are just that type of team that, that could overthrow the Kansas City Chiefs. And don't forget. The Bengals have never lost an AFC championship game. And they beat KC earlier in the year. Number, you know, that's the second thing. And I think I see a lot of Aaron Rodgers, 2018, 2019 in Patrick Mahomes. He's not, his talent is superseding everything else and he's getting them there. But I do believe that the Bengals have a legitimate shot to knock them off. You know, Casey's defense has shown up the last few weeks, but guess what? The Bengals have one of the best fronts in all of football and they're going to get after him. And if he's thrown off platform and he's off the way he was with us in several games this year, where you saw him not be on target the way he should, then they're going to have a legitimate shot. And dude, that would be gold to see the Bengals go to the Super Bowl and fuck against you, the Niners, fuck against you. the Niners, the repeat of 88. Uh, Revenge. Uh, <laughs> I won't be watching the Super Bowl. Fuck me. Sam White and Forrest Gregg up in heaven saying, my God, can they finally get it done? <laughs> now, hey. I'll have you guys know, I bet you Pam Oliver is so happy that a game's going to be in Los Angeles instead of uh, Green Bay this weekend. So to our friend Pam, she doesn't have to pack the Arctic uh, gear. And as for me, I am intentionally saving three hours, the final three episodes of Ozark, so that I can watch those instead of the NFC Championship games. So I hope the Ozark season ends well, because that's what I'll be doing. But I will watch the Bengals and the Chiefs before Ozark. And just to let everybody know with Mick, his his crush is Pam Oliver. I mean, I think he sleeps it's with my crush too. blow-up doll of Pam Oliver in his bed. Yeah. It's uh it's a body pillow. <laughs> it's not wow. a blow-up doll. It's a body like those pillow. Same <laughs> for my back. It's for my back. <laughs> and my front. <laughs> What do we think at Super Bowl predictions? Anybody? Somebody want to throw out a Super Bowl prediction? I think it's going to be Bengals and Rams. Bengals and Rams? I think I'm going with the repeat uh, Super Bowl 23, Rams and Bengals. Or not Rams, Niners and Bengals. 
Yeah, that's I'm with you, Neil, man. I think it's going to happen. How could you – you couldn't write that any better. I mean, the right? Niners you... have beat the Rams, what, the last six times in a row? Yeah. I mean, stranger things have happened, but I think the writing's on the wall. I think uh, Niners-Bengals. Andy, what are you thinking? Kansas 49ers. Oh, you don't think – you don't think the Bengals get past Kansas City, eh? You think Kansas City's just too much of a powerhouse? Again, it depends which Mahomes turns up, perhaps, I guess. There's some big weapons at Kansas, obviously. So, who knows? He's still young. Anything can happen. I'll go watch the game. I'll enjoy it. I won't be watching the other game. Um, I found I was... Well, I took the day off after the Super Bowl, because obviously over here, the Super Bowl finishes about 4 o'clock, maybe a bit later than that. And then I found a bar locally that's going to be open all night. So uh, probably go there and just get absolutely shit-faced watching it and have a good <laughs> week time. Yeah, baby. Awesome. I did say to my wife, okay, it's Valentine's Day, so we can do something together now because the Packers aren't in the Super Bowl. So now I need to backtrack on that. And obviously, well, never mind. She'll, she can come with us tomorrow, I suppose, can't she? She'll enjoy that. So, yeah, we'll work something out. Mm. Thank God Valentine's Day isn't the day after the Super Bowl in the United States, man. I would be a terrible, terrible Valentine. Oh, my Lord. Yikes. I have got the Chiefs and the 49ers as much as I want the Rams to get, you know, I want the complete opposite. And, you know, it's interesting you talk about, you know, these matchups from the past and how it can come back and having the Bengals and in the, in, in the Super Bowl, And we almost had, you know, a, a reliving of Super Bowl one with the Kansas city chiefs and the Packers. It, it just seems that history never does that. And I just, I wish it would, but it's not going to happen. It didn't happen. And, and I'm afraid that Patrick Mahomes is just going to tear terrorize this team and it's not going to be close and it's unfortunate because I really want the Bengals to win this game, but I don't think they can. And I think the 49ers have the Rams number. Um, even though it's been fairly one-sided to the Rams side, but I, I trust the running game that the 49ers have over the running game that the Rams have. And I know they got Cam Akers back, but I don't think it's going to be enough. And I think it's going to be 49ers Chiefs and it's going to fucking irritate the living hell out of me. I thought it was Cam Akers that the uh, team managed to win eh, after those uh, mistakes he made. Oh my God. Exactly. Exactly. What do you think, Neil? Super Bowl? Who's going to win it? Uh, who's going to win it? Well, like I said, I think it's going to be a repeat of the uh, uh, 49ers. 49ers yeah. and, but I think uh, I, I, my heart, I want to go with the Bengals. I, that's, I want to go with the Bengals. If it happens, you know, who knows? But that's who I want to go. That's going to be my, my Cinderella story is, is going with the Bengals all the way through. Wouldn't that be fantastic? It would be. Right? Wouldn't that be? I mean, especially for that poor fan base, you know, and and they keep packing. They're not like, uh, you know, Jacksonville or, uh, you know, some of these other, uh, I mean, even Tampa Bay for a little while there, where the stands were three quarters empty. Like they were packed. They were rallying. They were always behind that team. Even when that team was only winning two, three games in an entire year, they kept rallying. I mean, of course, there was always the chance to get rid of this guy and get rid of that guy. I thought uh, uh, their previous head coach, their uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, Marvin uh, Lewis. Uh, Marvin Lewis. 
I thought he was going to get it done. And just that dumb luck with Carson Palmer against the, uh, the Steelers that year in the first playoff game. I think it was like the first or second drive too, that he got injured, you know, and that, and that was the year of course, that the bus won the uh, Super Bowl, Right. Yep. Any last thoughts, any last comments, ladies and gentlemen? I, I got one. I just want to say that I've been to one game in Cincinnati in my life. And I am rooting for the Bengals with everything I have because even though they beat us, I don't know if you guys remembered that game. It was 2013. All our running backs were out. We had this kid, Franklin, that had 100 yards and then never had another game after that. Both before the game, the day before, the day after, they were the nicest fans ever. It's like walking into a dispensary. They were all so happy. Welcome to our <laughs> team. Thank you for coming and watching us. And I, I, I kind of gave them a look like, come again. Welcome to our city. Thank you for coming and watching the Packers and Bengals. And I'm just like, I'm used to dealing with Viking fans. And if I said, welcome to Green Bay, they'd say, go fuck yourself. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I was a little shocked how nice they were. So, yes, I am for the Bengals all the way. And their fans are legit nice people. If any of you ever have a chance to go see a game in Cincy, it's not one of those destinations that sticks out as a must-see, but it's a fun town and the people are nice. I just can't wait till March. March can't get here soon enough. Get that league year started, see what happens with the Packers, their cap, and their players. And, you know, is it going to be a new era? Who knows? It's going to be the same old, same old. I, I can't wait to find out either way. No doubt. Yeah. Carla. I'm just going to get drunk on Sunday, watch the game. <laughs> I hope the 49ers lose. I don't want them to make it to the Super Bowl. I can. I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen. I mean, it is what it is. I'm ready to move on. And if Roger stays, I just hope that we do things differently this time and go back, go. Go back, go. Andy, any last thoughts? The future's a beautiful mystery, I suppose, isn't it? We'll have to yeah. see. I can't wait to see how it unfolds. I just hope there's less drama, and I hope we just decide to get things done one way or the other nice and quickly so we can move on one way or the other. And that's it, really. Um, I'm not going to be upset either way with Rogers either staying or, not, or leaving, particularly, because I think either way we could be successful. But I do think potentially there's a this time this is the time to move on because everybody else is rebuilding. There's no money about this is the year for me to do it rather than put it off another year. And then as everybody else is getting themselves back together, we then start the process a year down the line. So that's my thoughts. Bring it on. Beautiful. I appreciate uh, I appreciate uh, every single one of you, uh, Neil. Thank you for joining us, Carla, Mick, Andy, from around the world, Chicago, the UK, California, Granger, Indiana, El Paso, Texas, and Oak Bank, Manitoba, Canada. We appreciate you guys. And uh, uh, my final thought will be, uh, I've been a Packers fan from womb to tomb, green and gold until I'm dead and cold. It's the Green Bay Packers. It's not the Green Bay Rodgers. It's the Green Bay Packers. It's not the Green Bay Farbs. Go Pack Go. I'm in. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. 
And go pack go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego. Who's that I see walking in these woods? Why, it's Little Red Riding Hood. Hey there, Little Red Riding Hood. You sure are looking good. You're everything a big bad wolf could want. Listen to me, Little Red Riding Hood. I don't think little big girls should go walking in these spooky old woods alone. Oh, what big eyes you have, the kind of eyes that drive wolves mad. So just to see that you don't get chased, I think I ought to walk with you far away. sheet suit on till I'm sure that you've been shown that I can be trusted walking with you alone oh little red riding hood I'd like to hold you if I could but you might think I'm a big bad wolf so I won't Big Bang.